Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week, with the Rugby World Cup in full swing, the sport's chief medical officer, Martin Raftery, has called for changes to be made to the rules in order to cut the number of concussions suffered by players. Concussion occurs when the brain is shaken around inside the skull. This damages nerve cells and blood vessels, and the effects of the damage are worse if a person is already suffering from a prior concussion. Finding ways to spot who's concussed and when it's safe for them to play on is a priority. Ginny Smith spoke to two scientists studying concussion. First, Michael Gray from the University of Birmingham outlined some of the symptoms. You don't have to lose consciousness to experience a concussion. And so some of the symptoms can be short-term memory loss, dizziness, seeing stars, balance problems potentially. There's a whole host of, of symptoms like that when the brain is transiently disrupted. And if you've had a concussion, what's the kind of long-term prognosis Do these cells that are damaged repair themselves or is it a problem for life? Yeah, so I think that's a really important question because most concussions, if the brain is left to heal, the brain will heal properly and people are are back to work or back to sport within a week. Uh, The the key is to allow the brain to recover. So there are these short-term issues which the brain can overcome. Long term, if we get repetitive concussions or or more severe concussions, then that's when we can run into the long-term damage. But to be very clear, one doesn't have long-term damage from a a, a single mild concussion. And what happens if you, say, get another concussion within the period when your brain is still trying to fix the first one? So what you're referring to is something called second impact syndrome. And effectively what's happening there is the brain isn't able to respond to a second knock to the head or, or, or a second injury. And that, that results in the damage being much more severe. How long is this dangerous period after the first concussion when it's more of a problem if you sustain a second? And is it the same for every person? The truth of it is we don't know. And that's why research is so important in this area. The work we're doing at the minute is looking into when we have a player who we know is diagnosed with concussion, how soon can we get them back to the pitch uh, based on physiological measurements? Pitch side, the standard test is called the SCAT-3, the Sideline Concussion Assessment Tool. But they're essentially neuropsychology tests, so recall tests, um, repeating back the, the, the months, for example, backwards. And can you tell me a little bit more about the physical markers that you're looking for? What kinds of things would be in the blood or the urine that could tell you someone was still suffering a concussion? Well, essentially, we're looking for those metabolites. There's a metabolite that we're looking for in particular called NAA. And we, we know that we can see NAA in the magnetic resonance spectroscopy. We believe we can see it in the blood, and we're hoping to be able to see it in the urine and the breath. The more we're learning about concussion and how it affects the brain, does it make you think that perhaps these sports are too dangerous? Should we be changing something within the sport to make concussions less likely? None of us are trying to change these sports. Let's change the culture 
which currently is that we play on with a concussion. We need to change that culture so that we can get people off the pitch when their brains are damaged. Repeated concussions can have very serious consequences, but not for everybody. Dr Matthew Campbell has been looking into why this is and whether there's any genetic basis for the way people respond to concussion. I think at this stage what we need to do is to understand at the the genetic level and the biochemical level what's happening in concussion. For example, when somebody gets a concussion on a pitch and they lose consciousness, they're taken off the pitch, some people can go back on and some people can keep getting repeated concussions and have no problem at all. That, that you can see that. There's clearly guys who have played professional games, they get bad head injuries, and there's no long-term sequelae for them. They're fine. But there are some individuals who are very potentially genetically predisposed to having problems when they finish the game. They're experiencing problems that range from depression, anxiety, panic attacks. In the most severe case, they develop symptoms of psychosis. In the very extreme cases, you will have heard of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, that can develop. It's like a Parkinsonian-like condition or Alzheimer's-like condition. But essentially what we need to do is we need to understand why some individuals are predisposed to developing those conditions and others aren't. Because it's the individuals who don't develop those conditions that are even more interesting than the individuals who do. That's where, that's where a lot of the answers to our questions will lie. So do we think it might be something at a genetic level that means some people are effectively protected and concussions don't affect them? People may be familiar with this for GWAS studies, so genome-wide association studies. If you can screen individuals who are exposing themselves to repetitive injuries to their head and the long-term sequelae are potentially developing schizophrenia or depression or anxiety, well then we can then dip into these GWAS studies, these association studies, and apply that to individuals who are playing high-risk sports like American football or rugby and say, look, you're, you're getting these repetitive hits to the head. You, at baseline, have an increased risk of depression or anxiety. By getting these constant blows to the head, you're increasing that risk from 25 or 30% up to 80%. So that individuals can then make their own decision as to whether they continue to play or not. Dr Matthew Campbell from Trinity College Dublin, and before him, Dr Michael Gray from the University of Birmingham. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.